Hey everyone, I'm your host Matthew Johnson and you're listening to the Lifetime Podcast. This podcast is devoted to sharing people's stories and experiences. It's founded off the idea that everyone has a story to tell and that it's our experiences in life that both connect us with each other while giving each of us that unique touch. I hope you're ready for another half hour of random lighthearted conversation as well as discussions about life. This week our guest is Brooke Kirchhofer. She's a former WLTZ Columbus reporter and just a week before we recorded this conversation, so about uh, two or three weeks ago, she had moved to Baton Rouge to become the sports anchor and reporter down there. We talked about her journey from playing soccer to living in Texas to calling Final Fours and, of course, cheese and wine. If you have an extra 10 to 20 bucks lying around, and you'd like to support what we have going on here at Lifetime, go ahead and support by finding the link in our description to our merchandise. We have all kinds of products, all customizable, so click on the link or head to shop.spreadshirt.com slash lifetimepod to help out the podcast. If you know someone with a good story to tell, send us a message on Twitter at lifetimepod, or send me a message on my Instagram at mjryan1221, or I'm on Twitter at mrjohnson1221. To catch past conversations, you can find us on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher. So without further ado, let's send you on over to Brooke Kirchhofer. Okay, so we're here with Brooke Kirchhofer. Um, from what I understand, you grew up in Texas. So let's go I ahead. Did. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so right now you are a news reporter. You just moved out. To Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So go ahead and talk about what your everyday life is like, because you've got a new everyday life now. Yeah, right. Well, um, just moved to Baton Rouge last Friday and started this Monday and just wrapped up my first week there. I'm actually their um, lead New Orleans Saints reporter, as well as covering LSU and Southern and all things high school football as any local sports reporter would do. And it's just been kind of a whirlwind. It, you know, as you know, with the reporting, your every day is going to look a little different. But just this week, you know, wrapping up training camp at LSU's end of fall camp and just stuff like that for now. So let's go back to the very beginning. You grew up in Texas. <laughs> the Yes, I was actually born in just outside of Philadelphia, but moved really? to Texas when I was four. Yes. Okay. Do you have any memories of Philly? I do, just because we went back so often, you know, during the summertime, but yeah. my home is definitely in Houston. Talk about, let's talk about both of those then. What are some memories that you have of Philly, and then what's some good memories you have of Texas? Oh, man. Family reunions, for one, up in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's a little different. You know, everybody sits out on their lawn and has, you know, these big picnics. So I just remember just images of old family members that are still here and some that aren't with us anymore. So those those are sweet memories to hold on to. And then in Texas, man, it just, you name it, all sorts of memories, you know, from four years old till my senior year in college and then moving out to Columbus, Georgia. Do you miss the non-humidity of Texas? Oh, my goodness. We're in Baton Rouge. (laughs) (laughs) It's got just as much humidity as it has in Houston, but I don't mind it. I grew up playing soccer out in this heat, so it's it's nothing new to me. 
Talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about your your soccer history. I saw it a little bit, um, but I didn't see too much about it. So if you won't mind just telling us about uh, yourself playing soccer. Yeah, sure. So started playing when I was four years old in um, the Houston area. Just grew up playing through high school and then was fortunate enough to play soccer at Lamar University for four years. So very big part, you know, big part of my life. So why did you choose Lamar University to be your college? Well, to be honest, I did go because it was an opportunity to play soccer, but it turned out to be this wonderful opportunity for broadcasting as well. They just had programs there that you could really dig into, and it was kind of more or less, you know, it is what you make it. You know, you had to put in effort, but it turned out to be a great experience. So how did that transition come about from playing soccer into sports broadcasting? Funny story. So I knew I wanted to do sports broadcasting my senior year in high school. So, I was, you know, okay, well, you know, there's journalism school. You know, coming out of high school, we don't really know what that means. So when I got to Lamar, you know, you take your intro classes. And, I mean, with a heavy soccer load of, like, weights, you have study hall, practice time so really sophomore year is when I was able to kind of dig into the broadcasting field and I was actually approached um, to join the ESPN3 affiliate on campus at Lamar and that really kind of took off my sports broadcasting career as well as um, LUTV which is the student-led broadcast there. So you talked about having that interest ever since you were a high school senior. Why did broadcasting appeal to you? I think I knew um, growing up that there might, there more than likely was not going to be a professional career in soccer <laughs> at the time, you know, and it's kind of a to- hot topic right now just with pay. And we knew that, that growing up that that wasn't going to be um, – the issue and hopefully, you know, recently now, now it is going to be um, something the professional women don't have to worry about. But yeah, I knew I didn't want to play past college and was going to have to do something with my life, do something with work. And I wanted to enjoy something and didn't want to get out of sports. So that's kind of how that happened. So how did you end up in Columbus, Georgia, all the way out from Texas? Talk about that journey. Oh, well. Well, as you know, and I'm sure you've heard um, from other broadcast stories, you you kind of just have to take the first shot that comes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do the – I was fortunate enough to do a couple interviews with stations, uh, most of them in Texas, and Columbus, Georgia came calling, and I just – it felt right and turned out to be one of the best experiences I could have ever asked for, you know, covering national championships, SEC championships with – Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama the last two years. And not to mention, you can understand this better than a lot of people, the high school sports and mm-hmm. just how talented these athletes mm-hmm. are. So it's been it's been a whirlwind of a two years. I mean, we got to see the Justin Rosses, the Christian Stories, you know, just those type of guys that Peter Parrish's that's now at LSU. So that was cool to see him on campus. So definitely fortunate for my two years in Columbus. So out of all of those, you said two years, right? The two years in Columbus. Yes. What do you feel like 
was the experience that you enjoyed the most? Like when you woke up every day or when you woke up to get to go do something, what was the thing that you enjoyed doing the most? Funny enough, it wasn't being on camera. That's not my, that wasn't my favorite part. Obviously, that's part of the job, and that's why we want to do it, because we do want to be able to tell stories on camera. But the essence of telling the story and these athletes and these coaches feeling comfortable enough to share just some of these incredible stories that I was able to share over the last few years, that was my favorite part of the job. That was my itch every morning to get up um, and just find these stories. Yeah, so obviously if you're in broadcast, if a good any good broadcaster wants to be able to tell a good story. Heck, that's what the mm-hmm. that's what this podcast is. Um but do you have a favorite story that you covered off the top of your head? Oh, um man, there's just so many good ones, you know, you don't want to pick one above the other. Yeah, um picking your favorite child. I can, yeah, I mean, I can I can give a handful of really cool things that we covered maybe on the local level and not just, you know, at the collegiate level, you know, watching Lynette win their first ever state title my first year. That was pretty incredible. Um, Watching Central win the 7A state title the next year. Um, And just, you know, all those state championships, I feel like mean a little bit more with high school because you were watching them from the start of practice, either in fall camp for football or in the spring for other sports. And then to see them, be able to fulfill uh, kind of their dreams. Looking up that state championship trophy is always really cool to see. So obviously high school sports, especially around this kind of Georgia, Alabama area is huge, but you didn't just, mm-hmm. you didn't just get to cover high school sports. You also got to cover um, things with Auburn university, Georgia, some of Alabama, um, SEC media days going to the final four. I saw talk about some of those experiences. Oh, wow. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> SEC, I guess it starts off with SEC Media Days, right? Okay, um, of course. Have you, have you been to SEC Media Days I before? I have not. I've always wanted to go, but it's a, it's on the bucket list for the near future. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a crazy time. You know, you know, they walk, the athletes and coaches walk through the hotel where the fans are, and it's like Radio Row. They go up through the media. It's kind of just a crazy scheduled day but it's awesome because you get to have that interaction before the season starts and before it gets all serious and they're in pads and you know the interviews are a little more tight-lipped so that's always a cool experience um and especially with it being in atlanta uh two years ago that was that was cool to see it being in a different location um and then you get into something like the final four wow what a run um special time for Auburn and even more special time to get to cover it. We actually weren't able to be with the team until Minneapolis, Um, you know, Kansas city, stuff like that. We weren't, we weren't able to be there, but um, it was incredible as much as it was devastating being there the way they lost. So talk about a little bit, how you cover a story, how you, once you've gotten your information, What's the process from getting the information to turning it into the broadcast? That's a good question. That's something I have to think about. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, we don't think about it in that way. You know, it's not like a a one, two, three process, right, when we get back to the editing booth. Um, I don't know. I just try to be personable with the story and try to tell it as best as 
they told me, but obviously in a shorter scale, we get, you know, minute to two minutes, maybe sometimes to tell these stories. So I just try to kind of condense that 15 minute interview down to two minutes in the best way that they described it. What is your preferred method for telling those stories? Like what's, what's the angle that you typically like to take? Um, I don't know if it's an angle I like to take. It all depends, you know, with every different story. Unfortunately, you know, being at the local level, some of these kids really go through it, and some of these stories we tell are hard to hear. Um, so I always just try to keep it um, on the personable level and tell it the way that they would want it to be told, not try to add anything, not try to change anything. So obviously, like you just said a lot of these high school athletes their stories aren't able to be told so easily without you coming Mm -hmm. in and being able to broadcast them for them how do you go about finding those stories before they're already you know before they get to being the big news i just it depends um some of the stories really just fall into your lap other times you're asking coaches, you know, what's going on with so-and-so, or do you have a story maybe us broadcasters wouldn't see just out of practice? Um, That's where a lot of the feature stories came in for our Friday night football features at WLTZ specifically, um, is we would just ask the coaches, like, hey, does somebody have a uh, encouraging or triumph-type story, and are they willing to tell it? So that's a lot of the times how it comes about. Yeah, definitely. So over you, the course of your career, what do you think, what's one lesson that you think um, would be important for broadcasters who are just starting out? Just starting out, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. That's probably one of the best advice that I was given because we're going to watch, you know, the Laura Rutledges, the Maria Taylors, Samantha Ponders, Holly Rose of the world. Um, because why wouldn't we? You know, that's what we aspire to be. We want to be at that level one day. But you can't lose your sense of personality and who you are um, because that's what people are, are going to want to see. You know, how do you stand out? How's your personality different? So being in this area for two years, you've also, like uh, we were talking about earlier, you've been in Texas, which is a really big football state, and you've also visited oh, yeah. Philly where you have, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. Out of all these environments that you have been in, what do you think is your favorite game day environment to be in? Game day environment to be in? Oh, it's got to be SEC football, (laughs) without a doubt. Without a doubt, and it's going to be really weird. I feel like I'm cheating on Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama, right? Being in (laughs) LSU territory. No, but it's cool. You know, I didn't go to those schools, so it's not like I'm... My heartstrings are there, but we covered them for two years, so how can you not? You know, you support the players, and even the guys that come through, uh, you know, Columbus, Georgia, they're at some of these schools. So we pull for them, but there is nothing better than an SEC-like environment on a Saturday. I mean, that's what people are watching on college game days. Just, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. Of course, you now get to experience one of the, um, one of the most famous environments there in LSU. Have you ever been oh, yeah. there before, or is this going to be your first year? Well, funny story, when I was a junior in college, I was an ESPN runner for the Florida LSU game. Okay. Um, that was in Baton Rouge, and I believe that was the last time Florida played at LSU, um, and it was a day game, 
it was when um, I forget what hurricane it was that came through, but there was a reason why they played early. And that was kind of my first experience. And, you know, wide-eyed, I don't know how old I was at the time, but just young journalist. Um, and it, I just never forgot that experience. And now getting this job, it's almost like a homecoming <laughs> because it's Florida's coming back to LSU for the first time since that game. Um, so it's pretty cool. So with all this news that you're having to cover, obviously you've got to be busy. What's your schedule like? It changes, really. It changes every day. Um, sometimes it's early morning. Sometimes it's late night. It just depends on the practice times or the interview times. For example, training camp this week, you know, we're out the door at 6.30 in the morning heading to Metairie for St. For St. training camp finishing up. Um, but, you know, things like LSU, they do their interviews at, in the afternoon. So it just depends. Do you have a favorite way to get up in the morning when uh, on those mornings where it is really, really difficult to be able to get up? Oh, my goodness. Coffee and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong there. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the way I get up. Got to start the day off right. So, obviously... Um, especially when you're really young in a career, your job almost kind of sometimes seems to define who you are, but that's not mm -hmm. really the case. You know, you are a person separate from your job and you have a whole, you know, life experience, um, outside of that real quickly, talk to us about one, ex one experience outside of your job that's meaningful to you. Outside of my job, that's meaningful to me. Family time, you know, it's rare that I'm home. You know, it'll be a little different now being four hours from Houston. I'm actually heading home this afternoon. Um, but you really value just those times with family and friends because during football season, you're pretty much off on your own. Um, you're working, you're up early, home late. So I've really try to dig in when I'm with family and friends to try to just really try to turn off the phone, turn off what's going on, you know, not watch sports center and just really value that, that time. What do you think again, staying outside of the workplace is one life lesson that over your years is something you've kind of taken away. I guess it kind of goes back to the, uh, I know you asked for the advice, on a lot of young journalists, but, you know, kind of be yourself, you know, don't let the job get too big to where it kind of runs into your personal life, which it will, and that's okay. Um, but don't forget, you know, who, Brooke, you know, Brooke Kirchhofer is. Don't forget the person who, um, you know, grew up playing soccer and grew up watching college game day and, you know, wanted to be on that set. Just don't forget that person when you get caught up in the career life and everything like that. Absolutely. Um, so, what has this transition to moving to Baton Rouge been like for you? Has it all just kind of been like a whirlwind, or do you feel like you've been able to transition pretty well? Just talk to us about that. Um, well, it's kind of just trial by fire. It's been <laughs> really fun, um, and that's kind of the way I like it. I like it. You know, my um, new employers—they're great. Um, super supportive and they've been so helpful with the move um, and they, they kind of just you know wanted to see what I had and 
that's the way I would have preferred it too. Um, you know, we got training in the first few days and then it was kind of off running at LSU and the first two days and then the last three days has been all Saints coverage. So I had your old partner, uh, Scott Carpenter on here. Um, yeah. his episode, How's he doing? He, he's doing pretty good from what I was, <laughs> from what I heard, but, um, his episode hasn't released as the time that we're recording this, but he'll go out, um, this week and then you'll be on the week after him. But he talked, um, uh, well, let me back up. I asked him a question that I'd like to hear uh, your answer to as well. Um, okay. when you first started, how much of a learning curve was there? And I guess you can even talk about um, at the new job that you've started here too, what kind of a learning curve was there for you? The first year in local TV, just first year in the business, it is the whole year, I believe, is a learning curve. You're learning new sports, learning how to be on the air, learning how to analyze sports. Um, but you're also kind of learning your identity on TV and how you want your personality to come out. So, I would just say to young journalists that are getting into it, just have fun and really just enjoy the experience and the process. I've always wondered this, um, and now that I can talk to you, I I have a chance to ask it. But (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where something goes wrong um, on a live broadcast, and I've done... Oh, yeah. What do you guys do in that situation? Just kind of walk us through one of those kind of nightmare scenarios. Roll through the punches the best way you can. Just keep it moving. Especially if you're live. Let's say you're not up, but your audio is. Just keep talking. Talk, let the director kind of guide you if you can hear them in your IFB. If you don't have an IFB, you just do the best you can. Um, obviously, you never want to stop and just be standing on air not doing anything. So it's just a matter of how you roll through the punches. So obviously you do a lot of interviewing um, and you have to ask a ton of questions. Um, so it's my turn to ask you some and I've got oh some, a little right. bit of got a little bit of some weird ones here that we're going to we're going to go right. on. They're going to make you think off the top of your head. First one here, what kind of animal would you want to talk if animals could talk? If you had to pick one species to be able to have the ability to speak to you, what species would it be? It's got to be your dog, right? Come on. Who doesn't want to know what their dog is thinking <laughs> every day? So that's, that's an easy one. Okay. Next up, what is the best type of cheese? What is the cheese that you put on a Subway sandwich when you get a sandwich? Oh, you're talking to the right person. I'm a cheese <laughs> and wine. Really? Like, that is my thing. <laughs> um, okay, so what's... Oh, man. Swiss provolone, like a sharp <laughs> cheddar. You just like spoke my language. I don't know. I like, like uh, I can't think of um, what are, some brie. I really like brie cheese. Huh. But yeah. What is the best cheese wine combination in your opinion? Okay, brie is really good. It's like a creamy, like buttery cheese. <laughs> okay. Okay. With like a good with a good red. Looks like a good Cabernet. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, in all of your experiences, um, you've had to have heard some crazy last names. 
What do you feel oh, like? Man. What is the craziest last name or couple of last names that you've heard of? You'll hear this one, and I love these kids. Um, I've butchered their names on <laughs> <laughs> on my first broadcast, especially uh, our first Friday Night Football show. Scott can tell you the same thing, too. Wow. Um, we are going to know this name, just like we know Justin Ross's name now, King Makuta from Troop County. Okay. He's a linebacker freshman at Alabama right now. Um, that's one of them. Um, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Mahmoud Diobate, Auburn uh, hmm. linebacker who's going to Florida. My goodness. <laughs> Two I names like that, that are just, when you you look at how they're spelled and you're thinking, there's no way that's how to say it. But <laughs> sure enough. Hey, I've got the last Dave Kirch offer, so I, I definitely can't say too much. What's the weirdest way you've had your last name pronounced? Oh, man. Too many to count. Um I don't know. Uh, um, I think Kirchner has been one of the weird ones. There's there's no N in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's been weird. All right. Last weird question, and then I can go ahead and let you go on with the rest of your day. All um, right. If you were a mad scientist, what mad experiment science. would you run if money and ethics were not an issue? An experiment? Like what? Like, give me an example. Um, let's see. Any kind of experiment. Like, um, let's like, see. Like, are we talking cure like, cancer or, you know, um, something like sure, that? Sure, I mean, I guess that. But I think the <laughs> I think the question's kind of aiming for something a little weirder. Let's okay. See. Like, I don't know. Like, Frankenstein like would be a weird one. Like that? Like what? <laughs> Like, like cloning, maybe? Cloning is really interesting. Would you... Okay, yeah, that's a good I'm question. Thinking of like the San, yeah. I'm thinking of like the, the, the Santa Claus movie where he gets cloned. <laughs> would you I clone think that, I think that, that would be cool. I don't know. No, we, there's, there's, there's enough of, of one of me. <laughs> we don't need two. We don't need two in the world. <laughs> They've done it with dogs. Really? Like, I can't... I don't know which, <clears throat> which person it is. And I don't know if you know who... Uh, Rhett and Link with Good Mythical Morning are. Um, but they have a podcast called Ear Biscuits, and I was listening to them, and apparently they were talking about some uh, some movie star. I know the name. I just don't know it off the top of my head. Okay. But apparently she's cloned her dog to keep it living, but it's extremely expensive to do. But apparently it's a weird. thing. It is really I guess. Weird. But it's basically, it's like making a twin from what I understand, like it just has your DNA copy. So it's just like if you having an identical twin. Yeah, it's not like the same brain and yeah. personality. And stuff. Yeah, you okay, wouldn't yeah. be like a one mind. You thought mind. get a new dog. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I think I would do that. Would you do it? Instead of do the cloning thing. No, no, I would get a new dog. Not the cloning <laughs> thing. <laughs> See, like, that's, like I feel like if you do that, that's just kind of like you living through like your dog that's not like you trying to get old memories back from you know your old dog that's yeah, not no. your dog anymore but and plus there are plenty of dogs out there that need to be adopted we don't need to be making just carbon oh. copies right right we don't need to be cheating god right <laughs> now no no <laughs> so do you have a favorite type of dog 
Oh, I, back at home, I have two Rottweilers and a Shih so big oh, wow. and little. Um, but I really love the Rottweiler breed. They get a bad rep, mm-hmm. um, but they are the sweetest family-loving dogs uh, you'll ever meet. Really, you, they are. They're just big love buckets. Yeah. Do you have any uh, pets with you right here, right now in um, in Baton Rouge, or are they all at I home? don't. Aww. I don't because... I developed a pet allergy, really? which is the worst thing to be allergic to. <laughs> Cats and dogs. You know, I guess I could get like a golden doodle, right? Because yeah. the, the hypoallergenic, but uh-huh. oh my gosh, the worst thing to be allergic to. Dang, that's tough. Yeah, so <laughs> when I go home this afternoon to my, to my dogs, <laughs> I have to take allergy medicine. Wow. <laughs> and even that doesn't help, so... That's it's just not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, I'm all out of questions. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? I think we're good. Thanks awesome. for calling me and giving me an opportunity to just tell a little bit of my story. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good day. Have a safe trip back to your family. Hope you get <laughs> over that cold. Thank you. I appreciate right. that. All right, well, thank you. I'll talk to you later, Brooke.